germs. Latin, Variola caca. Variola caca. Variola caca. I think we're being very sensible. Extremely good for our livers. Good for our immortal souls. Bad for our stomachs. That's loose thinking. What's bad for your stomach? May be highly entertaining for my stomach. I'm glad the conversation has taken a scientific turn. What's bad for your stomach? May be highly entertaining for my stomach. What's bad for your stomach? May be highly entertaining for my stomach. What's bad for your stomach? Maybe highly entertaining for my What's bad for your What's stomach? What's bad for your Maybe stomach? Highly Maybe highly entertaining for, for your stomach? Maybe highly entertaining for my stomach. Hmm. Match 78. I thought that was going to get going, become like a whole nother no. propulsive song. No, I just wanted a little light intro this time. You showed some restraint this week with your... Well, I didn't have a lot of time. <laughs> I love, I love that little, out, that little uh, bit of dialogue. I know you do, and it usually goes for many minutes after a listener. I had more time. I assembled that this morning. Variola Kaka. Variola Kaka. That's the name of that song by Old Gay featuring Gary Cooper and Frederick March. Welcome. Natch 78. 78. Whisper in your lover's ear. Remember that? Yep. Text the Soundhawk 303-548-6877. It's a pleasure to be with you. Sure is. World on fire. Yep. So we're going to go back to a simpler time. 1933 was the year, Mark, mm. when this this film called Design for Living, which we just heard a, I think that's a little bit of dialogue we from. We could call this podcast Design for Living. That might not be a bad idea. Directed by Ernest Lubitsch. Mm. Maybe that's our tagline. Designed for Living. Ooh, Natch. Okay. Designed for Living. Do you no. know? Oh. I'm, I'm you, still working on it. I'm ideating. You ideate. Do you know who uh, Ernst Lubitsch is? Nope. He's a famous director, but you could call him. <laughs> in your world. No, in anyone's world. In your world, hipster Park Hill Library world. In my world, a famous director is Steven Spielberg. That's an American movie. Full of shit, man. Ernst Lubitsch, you know who he is? He's the a little g- bit of Opie. What's that guy's name? Nope. He's the god. Ron Howard. He's the god person of the romantic comedy. <laughs> God person. He is. Romantic comedy. He absolutely is. Is. Okay. And Design for Living uh, was made pre-code. I don't know a lot about these codes, that, but movies that were made pre-code, so 1933, it was very frank and open about sex. They talk what about sex. What do you mean sex. pre-code? A set of codes came in, like decency codes. Oh, what? In, okay. We can I dig think, into that another time. I think that's time. a historical reference. Yeah, you don't have a grasp on. No, I do. It's pre-code. Zing. It's not really a zing. There's such a thing as pre-code movies, and this is oh. a, this is a pre-code movie. Okay, and it means they can talk about sex and oh, dirty pre- stuff. Like these, there's people pre-code. having. Is it a horror film? No. Okay. It's a rom- romantic comedy. Did I not just say he's the god person of the romantic <sighs> comedy? Oh, look at you. Here it is. Pre-code Hollywood refers to the brief era in the American film industry between the introduction of sound pictures, 1929. And the enforcement of the Motion Picture Production Code censorship guideline. I have a lozenge in my mouth. Guidelines sure in 1934, usually labeled, albeit inaccurately, as the Hayes Code. Go on. Hayes was involved in the making of this movie. This <sighs> this movie, I think, might have been one of the things that kind of set that code off because uh, 
it's about two two artists, two starving artists who meet a woman on a train. They both fall in love with her. Mm. One of them sleeps with her. Mm. She, well, she's kind of in love with both of them. One of them sleeps with her. It's a little risque for nineteen twenty. That's what I'm telling you. Out of wedlock, they talk about the fact that she says, "Like I had sex with him." What? Yeah, it's mind blowing stuff. And then they make, uh, but they they decide that they both they all love each other, but sex is going to fuck it up. So they make a gentleman's agreement, is what they call it, that they're going to live together but not have sex and just inspire each other. And she's like the mother of the a mother of the arts, is what they call her. And so she helps them both. One's a playwright. And she helps him get uh, his script polished and, to, and in the hands of an influential director. So the guy leaves Paris, the movie's set in Paris, heads off to London, right? Becomes a celebrated, <laughs> okay. <laughs> yep. celebrated playwright. Wow. And so while he's gone, the other two, the painter, she's still living with the painter, they become amorous and fall in love. Whoa, okay. And then the painter's career blows she's up. just throwing the cat around. Painter's career blows up. And then the playwright comes back to visit them, but the painter's out of town. The playwright finally gets to sleep with her because before it was the painter that had sex with her. So she, then she has sex with the, with the painter, or I mean with the playwright. So she's had sex with them both at this point. Both, yeah. Yeah. Absolutely throwing the cat around. And then uh, the painter comes back. He's all upset. And she says, like he, he says, but he get out. He says to the playwright and to Gilda, the girl, get out. And so the, Whoa, yeah. the playwright's all psyched. He's like, I get to leave with her. I get to go live I with her. I don't care. But then she leaves them both and goes and marries this stick in the mud guy who's kind of always been looking out for her all, all along. And then she I caves. She, she caves, but they rescue her at the end. It's an <laughs> and they ama- live as a polyamorous threesome for the rest of their lives. They do, but at the end, when they're riding away in a car together, damn Ernst. Like earlier, when after they make the gentleman's agreement, they don't kiss. Like one of them tries to kiss her, and she's like, "No, no, no, gentleman's agreement." But then they've made, they've reinstated their agreement, but this time. They're in the back of the car. She kisses them both. Dude, like at the end of the movie? Yeah. Oh, man. So it's like they're all going to go have Hell a Hell of a movie, Ernst. They're going to go have a threesome. This is well before it's time. Well, I'm telling you. I'm all going to turn the movie. Maybe today. And you should go rent it or check it out. It's a great movie. It's really funny. So I thought we'd reenact a scene. Okay, let's do it. So this is the beginning of the movie. Uh, the, her, the Chop, gi- chop. Gilda character, her boss, is the stick in the mud. It's a food news marrying. podcast. No, not right now. It's not. Eventually. Eventually. See? Living up to the tagline. <laughs> I look, real quick. Sure. Went up to Boulder, saw the, uh, the good spread folks, and there's a lot of, lot of nice people in Boulder. Mm-hmm. Spiffly! Yeah, good and, um, and, and And podcasting came up, and I was they were like, oh, what? You got one? I'll hear it. Let me hear it. Let me hear it. I'm like, yeah. Is it about food? I'm like, mm, yeah. <laughs> you wait about 20 minutes. <laughs> and then I realized, wow, like... Last, I think last week was a killer episode. Great episode. 77 was top notch. Sure but was. It, but if you went into that cold and had just heard from me that it was a food podcast, it's a good 40 minutes before you get to anything like that. Yeah. And like I'm doing right now, I think we open with movie talk. Right? Let's do it. So, so, a, so I'm Tom Chambers. You're Max Plunkett. No, no, no. You're Max Plunkett. I'm Max Plunkett. You're I'm, Tom Chambers. So Tom Chambers is a playwright character. And so there's a scene early in the movie where- Who got to her first- the the painter gets to her first. The painter is actually stooping her while this conversation happens. <laughs> Wait a minute! I have to in, in my performance. I have to be stooping someone. No, no, no! You're the stick in the mud. You're not the painter. Oh, you're the the very buttoned down <laughs> so guy confused. who she marries at the end. Okay, Remember, I'm buttoned down, and he's sort of her her. He's always looking out for. Her. Mm. And he acts like he's very noble. And actually, the playwright in this scene takes him down a notch. He's like, so basically, you didn't get to first base, and so now you're her protector. Okay. 
So they have this really cool interaction. And Tom Chambers closes with a little, little uh, well, a handful of lines that I'll attempt to read that say a lot about just life and podcasting. And it'll be a great launch pad into food news eventually. Natch. Design if we can, if we can pull it off. If we can pull it off. Okay. It's actually just design for life. The movie is, but the podcast. Oh, I see what you're doing. We're designed for life. Well, let me scratch my ear, and then we can begin. You want a... So like do you a, want me to set the scene? You want, me, you want like a prissy German accent. That's what he's you want. He's not German. He's just very uptight. He's American. He's an American oh, living American, in Paris. Oh, American. Prissy. Okay. But he... Uh, He's he's very he's very focused. He wants to get these guys away from this girl that he's got designs mm. on. Ah, okay. <clears throat> very uptight. Very. Do you have have you recorded a soundscape for this or? No, they're just they're in a, a shabby apartment. They're in the a shared shabby apartment of the playwright and the artist. So, well, this is a very luxurious living room that we're in. So pretend it's dirtier. Max Plunkett, first to speak. Yep. <clears throat> <clears throat> Whatever I just listened to Alan Alda on, on uh, Mark Maron. I'm, that was a great interview. It's good. I'm, well, I'm just going to do it. Improv a little bit, but <sighs> but read exactly what's on the page. So don't improv. <laughs> improv emotionally. Yeah. Okay. Listen up. I've come here to speak to you man to man. Ooh, no. <laughs> what? <laughs> that was my boss hog. Yeah, he's not like a oh. sheriff. Okay. He's like a very uptight businessman. All right, all right. It's like, okay. I've, I've come here to speak to you man to man. Like, he's really, right, right. he's wound up. He doesn't feel wound good. Wound up. All right. Oh, okay, okay, I got it. Like, your back hurts. Your kids are jumping on the bed. Okay, I got it. It's 9 a.m. You're not ready to get up because you're the diva. You're upset. That's, channel some of that. Look. I've come here to speak to you man to man. My favorite type of conversation. I wish to broach a rather delicate subject. Oh, now, don't let's be delicate, Mr. Plunkett. Let's be crude and objectionable, both of us. One of the greatest handicaps of civilization, and may I say to progress, is that people speak with ribbons on their tongues. Delicacy, as the philosophers point out, is the banana peel under the feet of truth. And scene. Scene. You like that, though? That's a great line. I do like it. I like what's well, very... Delicacy is the banana peel under the feet of truth. Well, I also like a ribbon on the tongue, but all right. Delicacy, what is it? Delicacy is the banana peel under the feet of truth. Is that our tagline for this episode? Yeah. It's got to be, right? Delicacy is the banana peel under the, the feet, feet of truth. truth. Boom. Magic. So yep. let's... I already let's, got our title too, but that's all right. We can... Uh, we can um, Move on to the real business at hand. Yeah, but we let's use that as a launch board. Let's remember that delicacy is the banana peel under the feet of the truth. And, and this podcast. Let us let us not speak on this podcast with ribbons on our tongues. Let us not, Mark. May let I us, say, don't to progress. Don't let's be delicate, <laughs> Mr. Brush. Can we do a whole podcast in that? It would be difficult. I it think. would be difficult for us. We're not quite that good yet. Give us uh, episode one hundred and seventy-eight. And we'll, we we'll have that stuff dialed oh, yeah, down, is yeah. what you're telling me? Dare I say yes. You dare. Match 78. Yep, whisper in your lover's ear. Texas Soundhawk. Don't eat this much meat, even if Walt Whitman tells you to. What a meat man, Walt Whitman. Yeah, he, well, he did like meat. You he, know what I'm saying? Well, so we've talked about this back in episode... Uh, 63. Oh, good job. That's fucking A, right? You prepared. 
So we've been there. I saw uh, Lucky Peach put out a story. I don't know if it's new for them or old, but I was like, oh, yeah, we've been here and done this. Yeah, clearly, like 15 episodes Good ago. for you. They had a guy who kind of lived the wall. He had found the same source document. Yep. It had been resurfaced and collected. Now you could actually... <laughs> I did like this in the... Uh, You're actually not giving this much of an intro here. I will. Or, well, no, you really want to. I can see it, but let me just... No, I don't want to. I want you to, because you're talking about this vague document. Anyone who's not listened to episode 63 won't know what you're talking about, Mark. Why don't you take it back a step? <clears throat> well, uh, Manly Health and Wellness? Was that the name of Walt Whitman's column in a newspaper? Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah, been there, done that, huh? Well, I didn't think... This is just a little quick hit. I wasn't even going to dig into the story, but... Oh, okay. Well, yeah, here it is. All right. It's uh, uh, Walt Whitman published... Manly Health and Training. A 50,000-word guide to optimal male health that was serialized in the New York Atlas newspaper beginning in 1858. Yeah. Okay? He talks about what you should eat, how you should live, exercise, etc. To it's be a very, man. Very specific. Extre- extremely. A lot of exercise. Like, wake up, go for a two mi- uh, or an hour-long walk with day dumbbells in your hand. Crazy. And then when you get home, work the heavy bag. Huh? Mm-hmm. You know I like working the heavy bag. Yeah. Walt's heavy bag... You like working Walt's heavy bag? Any heavy bag will do. So neither here nor there. This person actually, well, uh, damn. So what I did not know from your initial telling of this tale Hmm. is that the article kept getting pushed further and further back in the newspaper because nobody liked it. Don't blame me. No, I'm just saying. My initial telling of the tale, you son of a bitch. So in recent years, somebody has found it all and compiled it together and turned it into an original it's a whole document no one liked it and what i remember from that too is <laughs> that hard to tell why but well no but it was this came after he published leaves of grass and it right. was like a flop <clears throat> and, and what we that's what i couldn't get over is like can you imagine how shitty that would feel like you poured your fucking soul into this book that finally comes out and no one no one buys it and then you're left to pick up the pieces by writing like a men's health article essentially hey isn't that the, it would uh, be as if you published Kepler's Trek, Mark, and it just came and went. No one, no one read it. No one gave it the the applause that it deserved. No not one. Not Kepler's Trek, the Kepler Track. I think you don't even know. I don't remember. Yeah, like a. a so great, you're saying I would publish that seminal work? You'd lay your but soul there. Still, I'd be under the bridge with the bum. You'd still be, yeah, basically, you'd be down there just humping the bum and wondering what's next. And then you're like, all you can get. <laughs> That was an exaggerated one. Is that what it's? Is that what it sounds like when you cry out? When you when you so peak? we've we've covered this story. Uh, that just made me think yet again. We have the foresight of vision to predict all manner of food news and trends, whether or not you know it. This is the best food co- podcast on the planet. But it also I was going to say the best food cod piece is what I almost <laughs> said. Cod piece and podcast are kind of reflexive. Oh my god. All right, I'm here. From the article, this hard and fast. So, any, oh yeah, I didn't set that up either. He, so it's, it's basically you have to eat meat all the time. You eat just tons of meat, a little bit of fruit, stale bread. One meal you have to have like fresh bread's okay, but the next one you have to have stale bread. Yeah, it's very particular. And you don't drink anything but water, warm water, and you oh, take yeah. cold showers, and no yeah. out, al- no alcohol. Come on. So this particular author does it for a week, and he's kind of like, you know what? I'm- it's a pretty half-hearted attempt. Yeah, it is. He gives up pretty quick. Well, I mean, he, he's committed to keeping a journal of it, and then he realizes, this is boring. This is the same shit I'm, <laughs> yeah. 
I'm eating a bunch of fucking meat. One journal entry that's like two lines long. I could tell you what that is since I'm in the article. Wait, what are you going to Everybody want to wait? <laughs> wait, what are you going to tell us? I was going to tell... Ah, whatever. Who cares? How long he did it? Quote, this hard and fast stance on liquid is in the interest of healthy digestion. According to Whitman, drenching the stomach, even in water, mm. during a meal, results in great injury to one's ability to process food and contributes to the systemic great American evil of indigestion. On the subject of alcohol, it's a no-go for healthy men. Segues beautifully into my visit to the ENT this week. Wait, didn't we want to listen to an excerpt from Not yet. First, I got my ENT story. ENT story? What's an ENT? Ear, nose, and throat doctor. Oh, right. Okay. My, my raspy voice that we've been dealing with all summer. You say raspy, I say sexy. Oh. You're like, it's like I'm podcasting with uh, Kathleen Turner. It's one of these things, the more you, like, is it really raspy? I don't, what, is it making noises I can't control? <laughs> I don't know. Is it really raspy or am I now just thinking about it and it sounds raspy? All that kind of shit going on. It doesn't strike me as raspy. Oh, good. Just kind of weak. <sighs> just kidding. But no different. Not really. I mean, we could, we have. There is one episode where there is a historical record of how strained it was. Well, I mean, we have it. We could go back to episode zero and we see, should. see how vital you sounded then. I've actually found a picture. I was looking for some pictures Look for Elias to take it to the vital. school. Like my vitality is diminishing as we do more I, and more. That's you saying that. I didn't say that. You said that. I said you sounded, maybe you'll sound very vital. I don't vital. remember, but I found a picture. Vital. You and I took uh, Harper and Elias to the zoo when they were maybe like one or two. And hmm. uh, there's a picture of you. You're a little blurry and in the background, but it's a much younger man. I got to tell you. <laughs> what the fuck? You son of a bitch. God. Oh. Unbelievable. I'm sure, I'm, I'm sure you saw. There's a picture of me where I'm a much younger man. You <laughs> Jackass. Oh, that's all right. You just look really young in this picture. God damn it. Um, you've made, you look better oh. now. You've aged like a fine wine, man. You're it's so not an insult. Bitch. What? I look older. Do you see how fucking gray my hair is? <laughs> all right. I'm trying to recover from that. All right. <sighs> ENT. Yeah, that'll do it. <laughs> So in pursuit of the phantom uh, respiratory illness, the phantom mm -hmm. asthma that's been dogging me the all summer. The phantom menace? <laughs> the phantom menace. We went and checked this out. I'm like, ah, I feel a little hoarse. Sometimes my breath, it's a little bit hard to catch breath. Dude, have you ever been in ENT? I guess you haven't. <clears throat> no. Well, they look in your ears. Duh. I would figure. Ears are fine. They look in your nose. They're yep. big on sinuses and stuff. Well, I'm like, oh, those are pretty clear. So you got to check the E and, and, and the T. Then they go to the T because I'm worried about the T. I'm like, ah, there's the throat. I'm like swallowing weird. Oh, what's going on? And they, oh, it looks good. Tonsils are good. Blah, blah. You still got something. Here comes the tube. Now in, they spray a, a numbing Local agent. Local anesthetic. Spray a numbing agent up your nose. And like, right. Like, <laughs> when I walked in, the, the nurse is like, well, have you ever been to this before? I'm like, no. Here's what you signed up for. We're oh. going to take this tube and put it right down your nose. Hold on. Ooh, geez, they scoped your nose? So they go through the nose, down the throat, all the way to the voice box. Because I'm, I'm like, the voice, let's look at the voice box. That's, that's your bread and butter right there. That's, I need that. They're like, do you give a lot of speeches? I'm like, uh, I podcast. <laughs> I am peaking out levels <laughs> every week. You cannot. I need my voice box. 
Anyway, it was all clear. We we need your we voice box. Looked box. good. You have the voice box of a younger man, I'm sure. All good in the ENT zone, but so the still. Problem. Oh no, I'm sorry. This is why I brought it up because of the fucking Walt Whitman advice to not drink, especially during a meal. <laughs> the one she's looking, she's like, "Well, I'm seeing a lot of really thick phlegm, and you look really dehydrated. Hmm. Drink a lot of water, dude." Or do you not? Drink she didn't say, water? "Dude." I guess I'm not drinking enough water. How much water do you drink? She said the voice box. Do you know? So the, the water, mm. your stomach, your kidneys, all that inner stuff down there uses up all the water. And it's only what it doesn't need that hydrates your whole speaking system. Well, and that you is need a something... hydrated voice box to get that mellifluous, luby voice. Mellifluous? What? Did you, <laughs> how did you just pull that out of thin air? Because I'm a smart guy. Oh, you, your, your street PhD, studied under John Sales at fucking Williams College. That's my ENT story. That's a good story. I'm still in, in pursuit of a diagnosis. <laughs> I will not give it up. The last, the, the, uh, now they're thinking, well, maybe. Uh, what? Yeah. Uh, acid reflux. Yeah, or maybe. Uh, I was listening to another podcast and somebody was like, yeah, I went to the E. It was unexpected. Oh, it was um, uh, Beautiful Anonymous. I listened to one of those. Chris Gethard, I think is the name. And he just has a conversation with somebody. He's like, oh, yeah, I, just, I was in the ER last week. I was up on stage doing a performance, and I thought I was having a heart attack. Wow. And then I, And duh, then you probably had a, pan- a, you had a panic attack listening to that. No, I like, perked oh up. I perked oh, up. I'm like, oh, 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 wait a minute. That's happened to me. Um, you thought you were having a heart attack? No. Well, one time I did. Uh, was it on this podcast? I no. remember I got you pretty worked up. I was up on a time. business trip in Florida. It just hit. I don't know. Um, you know, we have a business trip coming up. It. Are you going to be all right? Probably not. Am I going to have to <laughs> you get ready. resuscitate you on a plane? <laughs> you better bring the uh, defibrillator. All right. Anyway, uh, yeah, he had he had done his his um, routine. What do you call it? Uh, stand up. Stand up routine. It's not a routine. It's a set. Set. Did his set. I was like, yeah, this feels like shit. Went to the ER, and they're like, yep, you've got massive acid reflux attack. Stop, dr- stop drinking soda and eating candy all day. Ugh. Because it, it, it felt like that. Who anyway. the hell does that? Is you don't know. This guy nine years old? You looking at me thinking I've aged and the, wait, let's, let's, yeah, let's I've heard moment it. in time now, no, five years from now, as your body about. falls apart. No, I remember the birthday episode. You're like, yeah, you're feeling good now. <laughs> See how long that lasts. <laughs> I've got a heating patch on right now on my back. Really? Oh, this has been a long time, this back episode. That's yeah, been a bad, well, I mean, it was never like super terrible, but it's just like been tight. Oh boy! Tight. Oh boy! Back but, to school oh, you know season. What? This I did. Uh, it's this business trip. You worried? No, no. I did back to back yoga, nighttime yoga this week, over like right down the street at uh, oh, Endorphin. Like, like a class. Yeah, like a seven forty-five class. Almost to the food news, everybody. Almost. Oh, we're getting close. But this is. You remember I told that story about there was a sub teacher at one of my yoga classes, and she was like very vigorous. It was a good class. And I was laying in Shavasana and, and she like all of a sudden oh, I smelled yeah. lavender and then Rubbed she you. gave me a face massage. Got into so it. So this this lady, Megan, she teaches a candle she teaches a candlelight yoga class at like Ooh. eight fit or no seven fit oh, it's late on like a Tuesday night. And so right I, over I, here? Yeah. Nearby. It was incredible. Wow. It was Who was in there? Set the scene. I don't know. It was dark. I got in there. Whoa. There were like a bunch of little LED candles around, but you could really only see. Now, are you the type of yoga man that goes shirtless? No. 
You wear a shirt. I wear. I had a tank top, but yes. Tank top. Perfect. But actually, at candlelight yoga, I could have gone shirtless. Cause I was thinking you might have just gone full. Full nude? Full Monty. Maybe next time. But you can, I mean, all you see are the silhouettes. And I don't, it didn't feel any hotter in there than normal. But I, I normally don't sweat much, even when I do like cardio stuff. But I was sweating my ass off in there. I was like dripping sweat. Could be those candles. And then at the end, I could was Could be romance was in the air and you were just pheromones lighting up. It was, it was no, it wasn't like that. It was just very nice. And then the, she came over, and I got she gave the facial massage to everyone, and it was wonderful. In the dark, my hands might wander. But here's the other thing that I really appreciated about it is she provides a lot of specific music. She curates an experience. Mm. It's not unlike a podcast. She had some very uh, designed for life, deliberate music for the shavasana. It was very like it was almost like a reiki session. It was sound therapy too. And, and you went back. They are raised. They've they dropped their drop-in prices for yoga nice. classes to ten dollars for a while, and they're raising them back to eighteen. Oh, no, but you know too what? Much. No, not too much. <laughs> ten bucks is too little. No, it's not. Not it if you're going to do it every week. But dude, that's forty bucks a month for one class. Yeah, that'll that'll fucking set you straight. No, it won't reduce your back. Well, if you do it clearly, right. it's doing great things for you. <laughs> it is. I'm much better. Oh, good. I'm glad to hear it. Yeah, I'll bet you are, old man. Why don't we... Uh, this is the slow decline. You're, you don't even know it. At some point, it tips, and you're like, oh, yeah. No, it tipped. I know. I'm like, oh, fuck. No, but you're on top of it right now. That's good. You don't, you don't scare me with your doom and gloom. <laughs> good. That's good. You yes. know what I'd like to hear? Just a little taste of you as Walt Whitman before we move on. I can deliver that. Uh, I found it. I got it. You found it, it from episode 63? Because I think careful listeners will now have to compare this performance to the performance that opened the show and tell me if Josh has any range or if it's the exact same voice. No, I did. I switched the voice, actually, because, well, we had to do a few takes of that opening performance, to be frank. And one of them had a little Whitman, but I think I switched gears. Let's find out, because here we go. I think it's coming in right now. And now, a fine animal man, your weekly Walt Whitman tip from manly health and training, with offhand hints toward their conditions. Do not be startled at the words, excellent reader. It is in our view indispensably necessary that a man should be a fine animal sound and vigorous. This, to be candid with you, is the text and germ of most of our remarks which arise out of it and seek to promulge and explain how it can be fully accomplished. It being the specialty of these articles makes it necessary to consider all that belongs to you, reader, and to your body's structure and see mostly from that point of view alone. And why should we not? Almost everything else is attended but the animal part of a man as if that was something to be ashamed of and repressed. Indeed, this is avowedly the theory of many very good people who proceed upon it in the bringing up of their children. Did he say promulge? He must have gone to Williams College. Did you hear that? The vocabulary on that guy screams Williams College, Mark. I think that's a perfect segue into the book club. The animal part of a man. Everybody get out your books. Open them to page 
102. No, but everybody has different books, probably. Well, I know, but let's actually, we've never checked to see if it's the pages line up. For me, the chap, chapter four of The Naked Ape by Be Desmond Morris. There uh, you go. Just open to chapter four. Exploration. For me, it's page 129. What is it for you? Mm, I'm moving things in the document right now. Mm. That's you, not nice. Do you have anything on this chapter? Rearing made no impact on you. You had <laughs> nary a thought to share. I did enjoy the length of it. No, I, I, I did. There were a couple things. Okay. Well, lay, lay one of them on me. Oh, you know what, though? Next week, chapter five. I've gotten used to these short chapters. Is this a big one? It gotta, is. Yeah, but it's also one of the most relevatory. Relevatory. They go pretty quick. They do. Okay. It's, it's easy to read. All right, here's especially, my... Especially for a Williams College man. Exploration. What did I write? <clears throat> what page does it start on for you? Uh, for me, it starts on page 129. Huh, me too. Fascinating. So if I were to go to page 130, the second, the first full graph, the second paragraph on the page, about halfway down, all young monkeys are inquisitive. Oh, excuse me. Yes. All young monkeys are inquisitive, but the intensity of their curiosity tends to fade as they become adult. Mm -hmm. With us, the naked ape, the infantile inquisitiveness is strengthened and stretched out into our mature years. We never stop investigating. We are never satisfied that we know enough to get by. Every question we answer leads to, on to another question. This has become the greatest survival trick of our species. That's why we have big brains. And a hell of a fucking burden. It is. Because you, you're always like, I, I can figure out more. I got more to learn. I got to do it. What's wrong with my throat? I don't know. The doctor can't tell me. I know there's, an, an, there's an answer. I'm going to find an answer. I'm always burdened by finding the answer. I'm a seeker. I'm seeking it. I need to find it. I need to learn it. I need to understand it and own it. You're never going to find it. But then, yeah, I know you're never going to find it, but it took a while well, to find it. I will. You out. won't. You won't find it. <laughs> Another, it's like a coin. And you flip the coin, Desmond's right there. Page 131. Yeah, baby. Luckily for the species, there are always enough adults who retain their juvenile inventiveness and curiosity and who enable the populations to progress and expand. That's us. That is fucking us. Right there. That's, that's We uh, won't grow up. Nope. I'm sitting here on a Friday morning. <laughs> this is how we spend a, the In last day of the In my stretchy pants. Yeah, you got your flouncy hemp pants on. I'm flouncing. Thank uh, God for us. Those are artists, my friend. We're fucking artists, Mark. It's true. Well, we, that's, I, I think Desmond has a great affinity for the artist, doesn't he? He does. And what he talks about here, too, is, uh, you know, when you give a chimp a piece of paper, they'll paint for a little while, and then they kind of hit a wall. Sounds like a kid's book. You, when you give a chimp a piece, piece of paper. When you give a chimp a pen. Oh, yeah. It's you when you give a give mouse a, a cookie. Give a chimp a paintbrush. Okay. Let's write that new classic. But they'll, they'll create for a little while, and then they, just, they get bored. They max out. They're like, okay, I'm going to go fling some shit. He does keeper. a very good job of, of tracking the development but, but species he, by species and how the chimpanzee's brain, he craps out and can't get past the circle or whatever. Well, and then he talks about the, the human child drawing circle, 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 and then they start Marking. drawing lines in, in the middle, and then they realize all of a sudden they've drawn a face. There's a face looking back at them. Mm -hmm. And at that point, they're like, holy fuck, I'm going to take it next level. There's some more lines. Arms. No, but it takes. Body. But it takes. He, but yeah, he's so detailed. Yeah, it takes like years. Out of the, the arms are out of the head. head. It takes years to get them down onto the torso where they belong. But it's really nice. It's, I like that someone is thinking about something well, that just, deeply that most people would just be like, oh yeah, yeah, kid drew that. Oh yeah, the, the I guess I really right like this chapter. I did. I guess you did because he set it up like it's this. Every human life is this balance between strong desire to explore the new and the fear of the new. 
and mm-hmm. you just live in that zone. And so it's these fearless people like us. Well, it's all about exploration Pursuing and the expression. New. Exploring into the new. Look, he talks about singing for a while, and then look at this. He goes to dancing. Dancing has followed much the same course as music and singing. The chimpanzees include many swaying and jigging movements in their drumming rituals. How do you like that? A chimpanzee drumming ritual. And these also accompany I mean, the mood-provoking like musical performances of our own species. From a there, more, like music, they have been elaborated and expanded into you aesthetically your complex voice just to performances. Box me out. Well, when I'm being interrupted, I can. That's a podcaster's first line of defense. <laughs> You're a pro. I uh, I couldn't get past the fact that I, I was just stuck here thinking you always say chimpanzee. I so sometimes I say chimpanzee. <laughs> I think it's. Oh God! Now I don't can't. It's chimpanzee. Chim- it's not chimpanzee. <laughs> what is it then? Chimpanzee. I think it's chimpanzee. It's chimpanzee. Not chimpanzee. It's three distinct syllables, See, and the last one's the here's, biggest. Here's where you're chimpanzee. Showing, this is this is not chimpanzee, and not chimpanzee. See, this obsession though is indicative of all your problems here. It represents to me stasis, Uh-oh. an unwillingness to flex, and just this obsession with with law and order and explanation and rules. What? what? Well, like a word has to be pronounced oh. one way. Whoa. Oh yeah. Like Excuse if I say me. like if I say chimpanzee, someone's not gonna know what the fuck I'm talking about. Well, they're gonna know. Well, does he mean chimpanzee? I wonder. He said chimpanzee. Is that the same thing? It's it's a subtle cue to them that hey, I'm not a feat. No, it's just like hey, I'm I know the some words, fun. but I say them in different ways. I just don't give a fuck. We're just playing around, baby. Uh, that's right. Because guess what? We're I know about die. Ernst Lubitsch. I know Ernst Lubitsch, and I watch watch movies at the library that you've never heard of. It's not. I'm not trying to like be. Joe fucking hipster, like, guess what I've seen that you haven't seen? I'm saying it's at the fucking library. Go check it out. I know about Ernst Lubitsch because of my friend JC, who had Stop Smiling Magazine. He laid it on me one day, and I was like, well, fuck yeah, I should look at some of his uh, movies if I ever see him. And that was the first time I saw one somewhere. So it's a thanks, JC, and then it's you're just... It's a hat tip to JC. You're paying it forward. You're laying it on them right now. You're laying it on all these listeners. I'm not saying I'm cooler because I know about Ernst Lubitsch. I'm saying you should know about him too. Lay back and let Josh lay it on you. I'll just lay right down on top of you. Okay. Uh, Do we have more to say That was good. Is that it for this (laughs) chapter? No, that was good for me. Oh, you're done, huh? Yeah. I felt like there was something else I wanted to read. He, He... I like reading from this book. We're meant to explore and grow throughout our full lives. He does go into... To various degrees. Some of us, us, I think, take it too far, but those become revelatory, artistic moments. This is interesting, though. He talks talks about the zoo peculiarities in animals. Oh, yeah. Compulsive behaviors, that's what mm -hmm. I think. And he says all these zoo peculiarities can be seen on our own species. Absolutely. Perhaps because we have designed our zoos so much like our cities. Now that right, guilty, but that little parenthetical. If I had a cage, I would be pacing that cage, chewing on my nuts all day long. That's pretty much what you're doing in a metaphorical sense. You chewing on your nuts is, is obsessing about this phantom throat That's menace. That's my point. But this parenthetical, in fact, launched, uh, I believe, a sequel book to this. Not an official sequel, but it's called The, the Hu- Naked Springs Ape? No, it's called, well, that's the Naked unofficial companion. Ape. The Hot Springs Naked Ape. Hot, Naked Hot Springs Ape. Naked Hot Springs No, no, no. Ape. This book would be called The Human Zoo, mm. which I have downstairs. I, I think oh. we should take a break from Desmond Morris in the book club, though. I don't think we need to go back to back, Desi. Okay. I mean, unless you want to. Nope. I was thinking we should do like a real, like, just novel. 
Like a real book yeah. club. Like an like, Oprah Winfrey book club novel. Like Dune. I mean, maybe. <laughs> maybe Dune. Listen to this. So this, these zoo peculiarities, they should be a lesson to us, reminding us of the enormous importance of achieving a good balance between our neophobic and neophilic tendencies. So the love of the new and the fear of the new. You have to love the new and the fear of the new. I've said this. In equal measure. Williams guy got there first. You didn't Brains say that. going a little fast. Well timed. All right. Anyway, next uh, next week, fighting, fighting. That's a big one. And as as we hinted uh, when we introed this book ten episodes ago or whatever, religion, religion comes in the fighting mm. chapter. So buckle the fuck up. That's where we get our hate mail. Yep, that's when people really start texting the sound hawk. Been doing pretty good on uh, Twitter. Yeah, got some life on Twitter, Instagram. Yeah, good, good, all good. At real natch. You're welcome. It's a hell of a page. Our Instagram, I've looked at a lot of Instagram pages. Okay, you, I challenge you to oh, find... you're a marketing maven. I'm a maverick. <laughs> <laughs> Although I like maven. <laughs> I think I should change my title. Maven is better. I just challenge you. I, I Suits you. I issued the challenge. Find me a more smartly curated Instagram account. Mm. Yep. And you know what? People, Someone could complain about our volume. We just do about three a week, but it is a fine, it's finely tuned. It's a very focused three. Yes. And now but, that there's stories, we can just kind of do some. You look at an account like uh, <coughs> Niche. You know, we're Natch, they're Niche. Yeah. It's a, it's a great account. Yeah. But it, it's black and white photos with quotes. So mm-hmm. some research goes into that. That's all fine and good. Mm. But where's the nuance? Mm. You want nuance? You go to at real Natch. You're going to get a show image every week. You're going to get a timestamp image. And, but, but going back to that show image, you, you never know what you you're going to get. You never know. You never know what. Never know. Cheesy. Could be a Pixelmator effects. Man, yep. An image. There's a mandala. There's, there's a, a man eater. There's a, there's a pasty oil painted cock. I, the, the one thing that I've noticed about our, if you look at our page uh, uh, from a remove, there's a lot of dong imagery. There, there's a lot of phallic. A lot stuff. of phallic. But there's, if you actually, there's the, the oats. But if you look there's at There's this mushroom. There's this cucumber. They all, hey, they all came from you. All three of those came from you. <laughs> all right, but let me see. I'll, uh, but look at some other things that I supplied. So, oh, and then also the, the, there's a guy holding a hot dog in the most recent one. <laughs> but if you go back to the what? George Saunders episode. What do you mean the most recent one? Oh, yeah. There's that's holding, you. The aliens holding a hot dog. But if you go to Saunders. Yep, that's great. That's a that's a donut right there. If you go to Wendell this Berry, is, this I think you know what huh. the image for seventy five with George Saunders and that that's well done. Yeah. The way you did that, but then this guy that's even better. Just the old man on the swing set by himself. That oh, is that's just a, a heartbreaker, dude. Is, how many did that get? Oh, that thirty one engagements. That people were moved by. Ooh, that. Saunders forty one. But oh. go down, go down to Wendell Berry. That's also a big giant dong cucumber forty three. Oh, right, but what? Wendell Berry is kind of vaginal. <clears throat> eh, maybe. I mean, it's like a hole rather than a staff. <laughs> and then two two shots later, there's a bunch of oats in a dong shape. Okay, we're just showing cock them all. We'll, we'll get a little. We'll get a little more vaginal in the in the coming weeks. We could just steer away from all that. Just be grown ups. No, that is not being oh, a grown up. Remember this one? Oh man! Whew. Time oh, stamp for sixty-five. Hey, guess what? I just got those pants back from the tailor just this week. Congratulations! Remember, I ripped them at the skate park. Let's do some food news. All right, what do we? Are we? Can we get to the food news? One? Yeah, we can. All right, I'm not the one holding this up this time. Actually, mm. this is the first. <laughs> You're the one holding this up. 
I'm gonna I'm gonna ease us into it with some vitamin cups. <sighs> Hydrate, very important. I, I say that, but then I don't do it. <laughs> vitamin cups. <sighs> Neutral ingredients. I don't remember who wrote it. Shoot. You can say shit, Mark. You've got to be a pro and credit where credit is due. Is it Wadi? Is it w- nope? Oh, Adi Menyang. Don't know. <laughs> it's not Wadi. It's Adi. Uh, so, vitamin cups. Lola Vita. It's the latest prototype product by Lollyware. An edible cup. Startup. That is now part of billionaire Mark Cuban's portfolio after co-founders Chelsea and Leanne struck us on Shark Tank. We knew about these guys at New Hope. Edible cup. Pretty cool. Even better than composting. You eat the cup. Guess who sniffed around? Old DSM, biggest world supplier of vitamins. Mm. Said, let's get some vitamins in that cup. So now they're making a vitamin cup. cup. It's a cu- so it's... Uh, the mouthfeel is similar to a gummy slash licorice or fruit leather. It's structural enough to hold a, be- <clears throat> a beverage or dessert, but also flexible enough so you can actually bite into it. Upon filling with cold liquid, the material stiffens and becomes a lot more structural. It stiffens, huh? And it's like you eat that cup and you've had your multivitamin. All right. This is one of the worst ideas I've ever heard. <laughs> wow. All right. Why is that? All right. Well, here's a major... <laughs> A major cultural shift that's going to need to happen before this isn't totally disgusting. When you typically grab a disposable cup and are drinking from it, right? do you think you've washed your hands? So you're going to be holding a gummy-ass licorice cup with your shit fecal fingers. Look at that. And you're going to be holding it in both hands. You're going to set it down on a dirty-ass counter. You've got a foodborne illness issue. Yeah, and then you finish the drink, and then you're going to devour this cup that's like sticky- and has glommed every piece of nasty crap off every surface it's touched, including your filthy fingers. I don't know if it's sticky. It said it's like licorice. It did say fruit leather. Last time I checked, fruit leather is pretty sticky, even if it's stiff, even if it stiffens and gets erect when it's cold. Oh, boy. So this is going to sell you, though. I'm with you. I hadn't thought of that, but I'm kind of with you. You you are right on point. This is just one of those... Changes in behavior. One of those blue sky things, like, oh, my God. Changes in behavior, super hard. Super hard to change behavior. But how about this? Dietary supplements are mostly targeted to individual consumers of households, but with a functional vessel application, Lola Vita is targeting its cups to events. The clean, the, the cleanest we're t- place on earth. We're, tar- we're targeting high-waste, high-volume applications, outdoor concerts, eco-weddings, oh, yeah. event space, anywhere you would typically use plastic. Disgusting. That makes it <laughs> 10 times worse. Are you kidding wow. me? Wow. I thought you'd love it. What do you mean? Because it's a step. It's, it's like uber con- sustainable. No, you don't see, even have to com- recycle right. it. Yeah, yeah, But what I was thinking is like, these are coffee cups. You go to the coffee shop. At least you've just woke up. Maybe you've washed your hands, showered. I don't know. At a fucking, you're at like Coachella. Yep, that's exactly where they want to be. you scratching your sweaty nuts all day, and then you're holding a cup. <clears throat> who knows who you've been fingering people. You're all hopped up on the fucking molly. You think you'd be eating a clean cup? That's absurd. Yeah, you got a bunch of MDMA. Here's what needs to happen because you know what? Fingered. If people really want supplements, they'll get them some other place. And it's not like supplements are saving lives. Here's what needs to happen. Oh, I love this. Better paradigm shift. Instead of edible cups, how about someone starts marketing like a little piece of like Pyrex or glassware 
that's like chic and reusable that people want to reuse. And it's like a status thing to be seen with this cup. You bring it to Starbucks. I mean, Starbucks has it. They have those like multi-use cups. tried, yeah. To me, that's a smarter. It just hasn't been chic enough for you. Chic was a really weird word choice, but you know what I'm saying? If you make it like an accessory that people like, if it becomes cool to have this cup and kind of like obscene to be always using the disposable cup. You were so close, man. That was a great riff. The whole way through, you were getting mad. You had this bad idea and I was with you. And then you're like, here's what needs to happen. No, that's no, (laughs) it is what needs to happen. People need to try that. No one. No, it needs to. That's what I'm saying. There needs to be a shift. No, 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 no. Like the same way plastic bags are now illegal certain places. Like disposable cups need to be almost illegal. Okay, it's fucking, well, that's good. It's I'm ridiculous. Like, you can get two of them on that, you? And then if you want to make a killing, you are a company that delivers, you know, reusable cups. It's like Netflix almost. They send you three at a time. You break oh. one, you lose one, you re-up your order. You get one in the mail. And you're using this cup everywhere. And every participating purveyor of fucking beverages mm. gives you a discount for sticking with the with this brand. They have a partnership. Wow. There's a whole business model. Wow. So fuck you, that didn't come together, you son of a gun. It was just the word chic that threw me off. Oh, chic, yeah. I was like, oh, God. It needs to be like a retro 1950s mid-century modern cup. No, man, but you look on Instagram, you see all these like uh, internet mavens, these social media mavens with their like Starbucks drinks everywhere. Yeah. Like start shaming them. Ooh. Like, how dare you use disposable cup? There you, you go, you should people. Be using the ever, the well, ever. we can't. The ever cup. That's what you call it, the ever cup. We should. Ooh. Yeah. Ideation in fucking action. Oh, man, the ever cup. Birth of the ever cup. How? Ah, uh, well, there it went. Okay. <laughs> Good there, job. Oh, it, as quickly I was as like, it, what can we do with that? Ah, there it went. No, it's it, out there now, though. You know what we do? We just trademarked it. Just hit pause real quick. I don't want people to hear this. Hit pause. And we'll do it. Put a natch in. Serious? Yeah. Hit pause. All right. Look. Hell oh, of an ideation, good. Mark. Yeah, that's good. That's wow. Good. I'm lightheaded. All right. Let's move on real quick before we spill those beans. All right. And so now, are we moving on to just the tip? Wants to know. We got a double header for just the tip. Just for you. Just the tip. You know what though? Uh, just the tip had a pretty big Twitter moment. Did you hear about that? No. He wrote an article. Did Donald Actually, Trump retweet him? No. Better than that. So I think. I think he went Call to... Call him a bigot and retweet okay. him. I think he went to the library maybe and checked out a... Do you know the band No Effects? This is probably going to... I bet you don't. <laughs> no, I don't. Seminal kind of bratty punk band. No Effects. That I listened to a lot like way back in the day. But they had like funny... Like they had a song called... Oh. Actually, one of their best albums. That's, that's my wife's client. She came to get her book. Told you. Look at how nice her hair looks. Yeah. Very nice. So they had an album called this. This this will give you an, uh, a sense nice. of uh, of who you're dealing with here with no effects. I think that will give you a sense of who you're dealing with. Very nice. Their most popular album, well, maybe not the most popular, but most popular with me, and I think with just the tip, mm-hmm. "White Trash," two heebs, and a bean. Yeah, sounds right. But they were calling out their own racial makeup, you know. Of course they were. So anyway, what's the special moment? So he, he found a biography, a, 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 what was it, like an oral history? Mm-hmm. It was like all the members of No Effects, like telling stories about how trash they got and all this fucked up shit they did. Okay, book at the library. You should go to justthetip.org and read it, or is it justthetip.com? Why don't you check, out, check into that? So anyway, he wrote this. Wrote Doesn't this, it have like hyphens in it too or something? Go ahead, I'll find it. You keep talking. Uh, so he wrote this. I'm he, riveted. He wrote a review of this book. Holy shit. <laughs> 
He was surprised to enjoy it as much as he did. He tweeted about the book. Comedian Doug Stanhope retweeted his tweet. What? Do you not know who Doug Stanhope is? I don't know who that is. God, you are out of touch. Um, He's it, like kind of the heir to the George Carlin throne in a way. All seven He's inches. He's like a, a super, singles blog. A just the tip is bright. Just the tip's not afraid of our dong pictures. I'll tell you that right now. Just the tip loves our dong pictures. Are you kidding me? Where, 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 where's this? What am I looking up about the book? You can't find the No Effects book review on there? Um, I got a lot of... Oh, book review. No FX. Oh, no FX? N-O-F-X. Oh, I thought you were saying N-O space E-F-F. Yeah. Yeah. There it is. Got it. Guess you weren't listening to much No Effects uh, at Williams it's, uh, College, huh? just hyphen the hyphen tip dot org. There you go. It's a we'll, non-profit. We'll the, we'll Charitable the, contributions are accepted. We'll put the link in the newsletter. Subscribe, text the Soundhawk, or email hi at natch.is. But yeah, uh, check out Doug Stanhope's Twitter feeds. Yeah, Why do I care pop- about what, who, what? He's like a very angry, but like incredibly intelligent comic. Like he says very aggressive, provocative things, but he's smart as fuck. And he's really funny. And he retweeted hmm. Stewart's tweet. Nice. I mean, just the tips tweet. Oh, shit. I don't think it doesn't matter. Okay. Stewart, 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 Stewart. <clears throat> hey, Stewart. Congratulations. Hey, oh, here we go. What link do you want me to put in? The Hepatitis Bathtub? What? That's the name of the book, I think. Jesus, it is. Here we go. I'll just grab this link. Okay. Now let's put his whole site. Let's just, just go visit just the tip. Yeah, if you love hardcore music and stuff, there's all sorts of great. Why is it album WP reviews. dot? There's some sort of WordPress that's thing WordPress, perhaps. All right, I'm with you. All right, well, that's not why we're doing the. the okay. I just wanted to share that he had a moment. <sighs> okay. I don't Natch as as I don't think Natch has ever been retweeted by someone with quite as many Twitter followers as Doug Stanhope. So really, uh, that's okay. a big deal. Doug Stanhope. How dare you? Hey, I'm just putting in perspective because you're talking that shit. Look, I don't want to. I'm happy. Yeah, you look through. Friend of the show. Okay. Special moment. Turn it Two around. Two thumbs up. There you go. You turned it around. Good job. God. Not mean. <laughs> You're dismissive. Judgmental. Two. Ah, co- two, oh, Jesus. <laughs> neither. Me neither. Just a tip wants to know. Number one. It's stock. This is a money uh, CNN article. Special company stock high. <laughs> Fuck Wait, this! How much is, uh, there's no titles here. <laughs> all right, Domino's Pizza stock ah, you gave soaring. Me okay, all right, fine. Its stock hit an all-time high Tuesday, reaching 151. Blah, blah, blah. The shares are up 35. percent Domino's has aggressively courted. Mo- Why? So the, you know, I think what he wants to know is what the fuck? How did this happen? How did this happen? Now, if he'd read the article, it tells him why it happens. Maybe he doesn't believe it. I think he maybe wants, he just is pissed. Maybe he wants the deeper insight that only Nash can deliver. Mark, Uh-oh. you ever think of that? Uh oh. Domino's has a well. Domino's has aggressively courted millennial stomachs. Ooh, a really gross sentence. By upping its online game and allowing young people to order via texts and also tweets and even emojis. The company garnered significant attention when it launched voice ordering technology in October 2014, ages ago. It rolled out emoji ordering on Twitter in May 2015. Text ordering in June 2015 and ordering via Apple Watches in February. So wait, I wonder, like, you, when did they introduce emoji ordering? May 2015. I wonder what was happening in the Trump campaign at that time, because I feel like there's a dovetail happening there. What? You know, you always hear Is about the... Is this the deeper insight? No, 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 but you always hear about the four... You know, there's like, they always make jokes about Trump being the 
fourth horseman of the apocalypse or whatever. But I just wonder, like, it seems like those things should happen in Congress. The Domino's resurgence and Trump's... But that that people are ordering pizza with a pizza emoji. Like, things need to be that simplified that you can just... Hey! Does that mean you're always getting pepperoni pizza? Because the only emoji I've seen has pepperoni on it. Maybe that's part of their strategy. Maybe they got a whole emoji set you have to download in their app, and it's just got, like... You, it's a. I don't know. We should know, shouldn't we? <laughs> I guess we should dig it even deeper. But wouldn't this be even better if it was an emoji set? And it was just a cheese pizza, and then there were also emojis for stuff you put on it. Yeah. And it was just an emoji like pizza, pepperoni, sausage, peppers, purple lake plant, just the tip of the purple lake plant. Yeah. <laughs> but that kind of laziness, I don't know. Mm. Uh, you know, the Trump campaign is like its own. You say lazy brand of laziness. It's like I say, my- millennial stomach. All right. I don't know if I have any deeper insight than that. I mean, yeah, I don't. But what you well, here is the deeper insight. Years before this, the old ad brain up in Boulder, the old Crispinites. Oh boy, they got in on Domino's with the uh, our friend Charge Kingsbury was a lead on this account, and it was all. I think the pitch was like they went in. Domino's were like, okay, guys, you know what? Your pizza sucks. Oh, yeah, Are we ready this. to fix this? And then they were very open about it. And right? they began to begin to be transparent and open. And that maybe that's took a few years to establish the trust. And then they came in with this high tech ordering side swaddle. Whoa. <laughs> I got to ask you, are you going to bring up Bogusky? Because if nope. you are, I should probably get you a napkin to sit on. Shut up. Nope. Okay. Um, but there's this other thing happening too, right? Like every, re- every reasonable voice in the world related to food is saying like, eat less meat. Uh, don't do that right now. What That's his mean? next question. Oh, okay. Well, it's all tied together is what I'm saying. Well, should I introduce that story? You did a great job of introducing the Domino's one, so let me see what you can unfold here. Just the Tip wants to know more. Ouch. Yeah, he does. He wants more than just the tip. Shh. That's a lot of sound cues. This, this one, I think he tweeted at us from Rebobank. What's he doing reading this story? I don't know. <laughs> it's like a hardcore like market research firm. Well, wow. he, I think he works for does an he? ad agency. Does he? Oh, look at your eyes look light at up. Those eyes light up. Wow, what 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 value can I squeeze out of no, just the tip? No, no. Not only was last year noteworthy for the near 5% increase in per capita consumption, we're talking about meat, but also due to the fact that the growth was achieved was achieved without the help of beef, consumption of which was flat. Flat beef. With U.S. Good job. With U.S. protein production growth looking to continue at a pretty substantial rate of 2.5% over the next few years, according to Rabobank. Protein experts, excuse me, protein exports face numerous challenges and will struggle to keep up with this growth, suggesting an increase in domestic protein availability. Stay with me. The global meat trade is getting increasingly competitive, with exchange rate volatility being a key factor in determining market advantages. As a result of the strengthening U.S. dollar, the U.S. consumer will have to absorb, or rather consume, much of the future supply growth. Well, I think I can hear old Walt Whitman stirring in his urn. <laughs> yep. What the fuck? Meat. We're eating more meat than ever. Yeah. We're eating a ton of meat. I got, I got Twitter proof from Tamar Haspel and Andy Bellotti. That it's happening Recurring in characters too. on this podcast. That it's happening in dairy. Well, specifically cheese. He's going dairy, not, which is somewhat true. That's cheese, yes. Cheese backlash. consumption up. Now we got the U.S. government buying up these cheese surpluses. Sitting on all that cheese. Well, here we are. Oh, everything's turning plant. 
which would be good for our future and our health. But no, more meat than ever. Hey, hey, things will turn good. Here's what happens. People are faced with a new reality. Like, there's not going to be much meat. The edible cup. The edible cup. A plant-based diet, like you got to start eating this meat, and then there's they freak out. There's backlash. Oh, this is the freak out. So the pendulum swings a little bit. They're like, oh, more meat, 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 and then it'll swing back. Well, I, what's a little bit troubling about this is if you dig in, you know, it's like with the exports and the and the exchange rate on the currency, the market's growing, and we're gonna have to, and it's gonna be for like it's gonna be here. We're gonna have to eat all that meat. There's gonna be a lot of meat to eat, at the very least, a lot of jerky. More jerky. That well, you jerky, only get that kind of distillation from Natch. Okay. Jerky. This, we're this gonna... explains the jerky trend. Yep. Which explains the Domino's trend. Get ready for a flood of new meat bars. I don't know why Domino's. New Slim Jim products. What was the Domino's angle you were bringing in with the meat? Oh well, Re- more meat than ever. So we want well, pizzas. Like meat and cheese and unhealthy shitty food. Mm-hmm. Why would there be an uptick in that when there's like? You know lots what my of, go-to is? Lots of similar, like similarly priced healthy alternatives out there. I guess they can't be delivered by farting into your fucking phone. <laughs> but uh, whatever. I, so the the apparent answer is that that Domino's got savvy with tech, and that made people excited to order stuff from them. The less apparent answer is that this had been in the works for several years as they opened up and got transparent and admitted their faults. And then the wild card answer is, the worse it gets out there, people give less of a fuck and eat whatever they want. Well, we're in a very fear... Exactly. Fear-heavy epoch. Everyone's all fucking... Whoa. And it manifests in different ways. For some people, that's like... out the fear. Supporting Trump. For other people, it's going to the ENT. I know. Getting a scope down their nose. I know. And then for some other people, it's emojiing dominoes and getting some pizza. So. And for some people, it's laying a big old egg. Greg's Eggs, coming to you in three, two, one. There's three words that me know likey. One, innovation. Number two, passion. And number three, pivot. In the last 14 episodes of Greg's Eggs, I purposely stayed away from the F word, but these three words get me so fired up, I might break that rule just for today. Sorry if I sound angry. To quote Mr. T, grr, don't make me mad. What's that saying? Fuck you and the horse you rode in on. In the music business, we used to say, fuck you and the ludes you rode in on. And today I'll say, fuck you and the innovation you rode in on. Overused, bullshit, that's what that word means to me. And maybe I'm guilty. I could be making up this negativity in my own jiggy mind. I'd much rather see you or your company as inventive or transformative or you knew how to reinterpret something or you were inspirational or you created new categories. You catch my drift? Let's talk number two, passion. I might have said this before. Fuck you and the passion you wrote in on. (laughs) Passionate means you're in love with it and all foofy and shit. 
I'll lift a quote from J. Krishnamurti. His definition of passion is the, quote, intensity of complete attention, unquote. That's right, baby. Monomaniacs that purposely put themselves out of balance for their mission? Fuck yeah! Finally, how about the word pivot? Fuck you and the pivot you rode in on. I have to confess, I have a Tourette's-type syndrome when I hear this word. If someone says pivot in front of me, I have to uncontrollably blurt out, pivot on this for a while. I, I can't help it. My syndrome sickness is because I'm sick and tired of this word. Could we please change it? Let's hallucinate. Instead of saying, we pivoted, you could say, quote, we totally fucked up our initial plan, so we were forced to come up with a better idea that could give us a fighting chance of surviving so we don't blow all the investment money you gave us, unquote. Innovation, passion, and pivot. Don't make me mad! What a tour de force from 4G, my God. A master at his craft, no doubt, but he's getting better that was a breakthrough egg greg brava yeah and i'm not just gonna it's not just because you said fuck a bunch although that helped no you're exactly right it was he had so much passion he did he was he was holding nothing back it was such an innovative segment it was it made me want to pivot i think for your next segment greg you might want to pivot a bit and, well and i mean now using, listeners know if they haven't learned before more. And I believe we've credited where credit was due, but I, we love to say pivot on this for a while occasionally. That comes straight from 4G. Straight from 4G. Straight from the bag. The God person. <laughs> the God person. Of the of, pivot. The God person of pivot hatred. Oh, he's just, he's having like a seizure right now as he listens to us. <laughs> but I, I, I mean, I. Man, that was great. It also reminded me how much I love. You know why it's great? Because we now know, re- we really know something about Greg. Well, and I love just, th- I've always, I mean. So personal. He when you listen to right any there. of these Greg's eggs. The dude is sitting in this like decked out little shed in his garage. Oh, it's magic. It's like um It's know. Mark Marin-esque. It is. It's like He's like Mark Marin out there. That's his office and he's got all sorts of weird alien Wonderful stuff things to inspire and, and distract. Cello. But I love the idea he's got of a him a pillow? A cello. Oh yeah, cello. I love the idea of him like Oh, was that a cello at the beginning? Yeah, that was do- guitar. Well, whatever it is, I love the idea of him like maybe doing some actual work. And then <laughs> at some point yeah, he's like I think he does. Wait, 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 wait. And then he picked, he just hits record and starts fiddling around. And then like, he, I, got, I got one. And I mean, clearly he scripts these, which is, I, I don't know. You know what? Anybody who uh, actually delivers, says they want to contribute a segment and delivers it. Oh. They're okay in my book. Wow, you taking a dig at old details? Because she <laughs> no. delivered. She did. No. I, I, if you, if I midway through that thought, I was like, oh, yeah, why don't I also make this yeah. <laughs> antagonistic to details? Sorry. Could you deliver again, though, details? We would love that. We're only razzing you because we want to well, hear some more. Well, but to her credit, she might want a few shows to, like, amass the right number of corrections to make. You know, if you knew DeFay as well as I do, you would know you wouldn't say to her credit. You'd say to be fair. Why? Because that's one of her taglines. To be fair? She always said, to be fair, to be fair. Oh, like me and... My gut. What do I say about my gut? You say, my gut tells me. My gut tells me. Every every studio call we're on, Mark, that's his big thing to like hook, mm, hook in the client. My gut tells me. My gut tells me we're not ready to move on this yet. My gut tells me, listening to Malcolm Gladwell's podcast, <laughs> I think we need to be looking at different options. Why? Why? <laughs> that is not what I'm like. Unbelievable. That's your that's your in-studio affectation. We have two well, stories. I think. Two st- we, have, we are now to the... Part of the show where we actually talk about news stories, and there are two of them. 
I feel like we should move into the news. Well, no, but we did the whole Domino's pizza oh, thing. That everything. Was food newsy. The, yeah. the cup tirade. That was newsy. Come food on. newsy. It is what it is. Hour and four minutes in, though. We're ready to bring you. Well, well yeah, we got another 10 minutes or so, but you come here for the ride and you listen. You just relax with us. Buckle the fuck up. We're not uptight about this. We don't have to go get to a meeting. We ain't got shit to do. Yo, no, we got shit to do, but not right now. Safe zone. Safe space. Well, we have this shit Come into the safe zone with us. If you're sitting in your office and you're there and you just hit play and you Bluetooth it to your speaker, just just let it... Let it just roll right. Oh, okay, oh, this it's is rolling right over you. Starting to sound like a pledge drive. All right, <laughs> easy. Three zero three five four eight six eight seven seven. Ven right. on Venmo, you can. Fi- yeah, all right. Tell me about heart disease. <sighs> I, I picked this one just for you, buddy. Thanks. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry, that was. You might need to edit that out. That was really aggressive on the mic. Heart disease deaths have fallen by seventy percent in a generation. By staff. Like at, staff infection? A new scientist. This is your top concern, right? Cardiovascular. No? Well, I mean, everything. My, uh, my dad had a heart attack when There's he was 65. Family. Right. My mom's father had a heart attack when he was 72. Okay. My grandmother's father, great story, had a heart attack. I think he was in his Shit. 60s. <laughs> Boot, he was he was running some moonshine. They were in Virginia, I believe. He was driving some moonshine. That was very revealing of my package. Sorry. Just play with yourself a little bit while I talk about this moonshine trip. He was driving some moonshine down a country road, had a heart attack, drove into a river, and his buddies came looking for him and got there in time to put all the moonshine onto a raft and move it downstream so that when the authorities came, That's they a would... great story. Fuck yeah, it is. That's, that's last load. You don't want that to go to waste. The moonshine. The oh, moonshine. I thought you were talking about your crotch again. Last load. Last load. That's my favorite band out of the 70s. Last load? Yep. Just the tip reviewed that one yet? I don't think so. So that's why. I, yeah. So heart, yes, yes. So if heart you had, disease is a concern. If you were going to walk into a brand new doctor and they said, all right, you have to pick. <clears throat> Let's just move back about an you have inch to, from you, that microphone. You have to pick. One, what are you most concerned about? What kind of, what doctor is giving me weird ultimatums like that? This doctor, Dr. Soundhawk. <laughs> oh, what, what, would you, what would you answer? What are you talking, I just said this. It would be, it would be, I got a history of heart disease in my family. Yeah, I think we already established that. Okay, and then we had all these episodes with you and your lipids and. My cholesterol. Yeah, okay. It's so un- this is good news for you is what I'm saying, Maybe. I don't think it really matters, but convince me otherwise. Well, I'm not going to try to convince you of anything. An analysis of hospital statistics and population data has revealed that over this time. uh, Over what time? Don't know. Coronary heart disease death rates have decreased by 72% in England, 70% in Wales, 71% in Scotland, and 76% in Northern Ireland. I'm sorry, but what's the time period? For all I know, this could be in the 1970s, Mark. Over the last generation. Which generation? I have no frame of reference. The last. Okay. But this, that sounds amazing, right? 70% decline? I guess so. And if heart disease is, isn't it the top killer? I think it's the top killer. But this is in the UK. Their diet might we not could be extra- quite as horrid as ours. Oh, please. Bangers and mash. You got that right. I don't know. I'm sure it's comparable. Bubble and squeak. 
bubble and squeak. Yeah, I know some but, but authentic dishes. Everybody hold on. But despite the declines in deaths from cardiovascular disease, the number of hospital visits associated with these conditions is rising. Mm, there it is. Between 2013 and 2014, cardiovascular conditions accounted for nearly 1.69 million hospital visits, 50,000 more than in 2010 to 2011. We know what it is. We diagnose it. We treat it. You live. But are you living well? I don't know. You're in the hospital all the time. Yeah. Maybe we should just go. Entirely possible that my great-grandpappy... Just moonshine it out. ...had like 10 cardiac events before the one that killed him. Yep. That he just thought were like gas. We'd gone to the doctor and be like, no, maybe you should not eat a stick of butter every morning. And he'd be like, okay. And then he'd still be, he'd still be carting that moonshine. Think gas, but yeah. He would still be carting that moonshine. Yep. I mean, I think this is good news. I think it's the advance of medicine treating a big killer mm-hmm. of the naked ape. Ooh, nice and, callback. you know... In another generation, maybe we can leave, live even better with these conditions and not even go to the hospital. So you can just have a nice, easy heart attack at home? <laughs> you just, well, no. I mean, you defibrillate yourself. Treat it even better. Good. Treat it even better. You know what would help is if people stop eating fucking Domino's pizza. Mm, Jesus. Yeah, cut Start out those easing towards that plant-based diet. You know yeah. who else you can text for your, for your food? Huh? Our favorite sponsor, Dirty Lemon. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Should we? Maybe we should send them an emoji and see if they'll send us something. See if they can <laughs> infer that we want. <laughs> if you, I bet you, there's an lemon. A lemon. You send them the lemon emoji. Is there a you, dirt emoji? I don't or like a dirty sleazy emoji. Part two of this story. Still on the heartbeat. Added sugars and cardiovascular disease risk in children. This is a scientific statement from the American Heart Association. Mm. The committee found that it is reasonable to recommend that children consume less than 25 grams, about six tables, teaspoons, teaspoons of added sugars per day and to avoid added sugars for children under two years of age, zero. Mm. Although added sugars most likely can be safely consumed in low amounts as part of a healthy diet, few children achieve such levels, making this an important public health target. Marion Nessel. America's nutritionist. Heart Association guidelines, tweet, in the doc. Sign up for it however you like. Heart Association guidelines on sugars for kids, 25 grams per day. That's one mini can of soda. Follow on tweet from Matthew Herper at Forbes. Stonyfield Farm yogurt, 21 grams. What are you doing? I'm listening. That's it. Oh, uh, <laughs> great. Stop. Yeah, there's sugar and everything. We've decided. Kids, 25 grams or less. One thing of Stonyfield yogurt, you're done for the day. Good. What do you mean good? They can eat plain fucking yogurt too, you know? Not everything has to taste like fake fucking fruit. I've seen the little squeezer tubes in your fridge. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Go, see, go tell me if you can find one in the freezer right now, because you can't. Because they finished them last night. You can't. <laughs> they sent them, I sent them to school with them. They do eat a lot of, uh, well, Ari anyway, of uh, the Boom Chicka Pop kettle corn. Check but it out. Not a lot of sugar in that. You but sure? Light glaze. There's only 70 calories per serving. So. Not time with cal- Yeah, calories, but we want to sugar. <laughs> oh, God. All I'm telling you is you can blow your load in a heartbeat. 
Excuse me? Next story. What? Oh, my God. Ahem. Last story. It's about bees. I'm ready. Just like honey. Just like honey. The beekeeping program bringing North and South Koreans together by Dakota Kim. Ah. Lucky Peach. A lot of love for Lucky Peach. They scooped us on this one, though, Mark. We had no inkling <laughs> that this was going on. Yep, <clears throat> get to the ENT. In, yeah, I'm having an event. Dude, I walked in there. Oh, boy. And she and like we started talking. She's like, you having some hoarseness? I can hear it in your voice. They're like voice experts. Well, you'd think so if they're ENTs. Well, I was impressed. She was like, I... Not so. Not only do they hear that your voice is compromised, but they know like how it is. She immediately was like, "I think you're like wicked dehydrated." She didn't say wicked. She probably says that to everyone that walks in her office. Oh I, yeah, I can hear it in your throat. I think. See? I think the dehydration is probably default for everyone in there. Yeah. Well, she, it sounds like she's a bit of a sound hawk herself she, in a way. Quite right? the she's sound the hawk. voice hawk. Quite the sound hawk, but perhaps not as sensitive about the results. She's got a thick skin about the sound hawking. Well, she's probably not as high strung about shit that only you can hear. That's the funniest thing about your sound hawking activities <clears throat> is you're like flipping out all the time on the podcast. And in the moment, I hear what you're talking about. But when I listen to the episodes later, yeah, like yeah. you can't hear the jackhammer out in the alley. Or if you can, it's so faint. So people think I'm insane. Well, maybe a little. And you're also like drawing unnecessary attention. to. Like, well, did you, like they're not hearing a noise. And you're like, wait, wait, wait. Hold I everything. Think, I think I've gotten much better at this. Someone is cross-cutting wood. I think I've gotten better. A mile better. from here. <laughs> Do you hear it? melting down iron to make earrings. In Chuncheon, South Korea, four North Koreans and six South Koreans stand in a row. Uniforms donned, faces serious and intent, all concentrated on a sole cooperative task. Keep the queen bee alive. This is all happening. How many... Koreans, does it take to keep a queen bee alive? I don't know, Don Rickles. Why don't you tell me, you <laughs> racist son of a bitch? That was racist. I apologize. Kangwon National University. Uh, it's a school of 23,000. So for this school, a bee program of 10 students would not typically merit much attention. But because four of the students are former North Koreans, the program has attracted not only media attention, but mm. grants, too. They got the money coming this in, buddy. This is great. Great. So this is doubly great. You got North money plus coming south. in to study bees. North and south. And you're bringing together North and South Harmony. Koreans. It's like a fucking I mean, Coke commercial. This is in South Korea. So you're basically rehabbing some, some severely fucking Do they drink damaged Coke there? North Koreans. Doesn't matter. This isn't about Because Coke. they shouldn't have that much. Yeah, especially if they're young. They're college students, so they can probably have a full big can, Mark, and maybe even a stony field for dessert. In no. The, oh, all right. Boy. All right. All right, well... That's how great. Did, how did this happen, you wonder? What? What is going on? What is... I don't know. You want me to check? Was that your egg call? <laughs> no, that was a text. Oh, it's Jenny. It's Red Twist. Red Twist loves to... She's like, surely they're done by now. Or Q- I, that doesn't even cross her mind. She's like, I don't give a fuck if they're podcasting. You want me to Q's arm is looking good. He said, check up in four to six months. No need to go to PT. Oh, yeah. Quinny. Nice. Finally, some good news around here. Just a tiny little hairline fracture in the elbow. Ooh, I wouldn't say that. What would you say then, Mark? Uh, this is my six-year-old daughter. Fell off a swing set up in the mountains where the swing sets are rough and tumble. 
So far, my grandpappy heart attack story is better. Landed on the elbow, and it broke. But not... Yet, I think of breaks as little cracks in your bones somewhere. It was a problem in the joint. Oh, okay. Both these... Bo- you got two bones in your elbow, and it go down into your elbow joint. And then in the joint, something like knocked out. Which bone's connected to the which bone? So, went to the ER that... She was... You know, she was a trooper. Like, you can never tell with these kids. Like, are they really hurt or not? You're telling a shitty story right now. Okay. <laughs> Anyway, she's doing better. <laughs> I mean, that's great. Sling cast. Well, it was traumatic. Sling cast. What time of day did this happen? No, sh- what was sh- the weather like? Shush, you're right. The details that people don't... All right, just my kid. All right. So how did this happen? This beekeeping thing? Yep. In July 2013, six... <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Uh-huh. Six members of the university chapter of Enactus... Anactus. That's an international nonprofit that seeks to combine entre- entrepreneurial training and community <laughs> Do development. Do I need this piece? I guess not. It's just people. This is crazy, though. There's a lot of pivoting and innovation. Greg Bagney, if he's still listening, is probably shitting a fucking brick right now. There's a lot of passion. I don't know. They worked with four members of the Do Dream Academy. I don't need this detail. Anactus and the Do Dream Academy. So there's four North Koreans and six South Koreans. Holding they hands and saving bees. They established a programming, a program called Beekeeping Boys and Girls. That's nice, right? We're getting to that. That's a good sign. They could do a little better than that. Listen to this, though. The North Korean refugee students in the bee programs are usually older than the South Korean students and struggling to catch up with their lives. Hell yeah. That North Korea, that's some fucking dark shit, man. Oh, that also was in the Naked Ape. North, Wasn't that this section? North Korea? How if, if you don't socialize the human animal young enough, they're fucked for life? That was this chapter? Might have been in Rearing, too. And just about how, like... No, because I remember... I, I, I th- Hold on. Yes. I, I, I leaned over and showed this to Jenny in bed. Yeah, you did. There you go. That's a detail. Uh, uh, here it is. This is a special... Uh, in our own species, overprotected children will always suffer in adult social contacts. This is especially important in the case of only children. Uh-oh. Hmm. You and Nicole, only children. Where the absence of siblings sets them at a serious initial disadvantage. Ouch. (laughs) Yep. If they do not experience the socializing effects of the rough and tumble of the juvenile playgroups, they are liable to remain shy and withdrawn for the rest of their lives, find sexual pair bonding difficult or impossible, and if they do manage to become parents, will make bad ones. (laughs) Jesus, Desmond. Go fuck yourself. Yeah. Well, thank God we have this podcast to deprogram all the damage that well, we've done by Well, I should say, here. part two of my bedroom story. Okay. <laughs> I mean, you're... I'm, pro- I'm doing all right. Do you ever wish that your parents had adopted another child? I you could have had a... I don't wish that, but I think there's some truth to that. Huh. I mean, the way I grew up is night and day from what I'm experiencing in my house right now. I mean, it was quiet. Good thing you're a flexible blade of grass, Mark, oh, and not God. the mighty oak. Clearly not. Huh. One phantom health problem after another. Well, I think that's the thing, is like you're, everything in your instinct tells you that you're a mighty oak, and so you're forced. You're like trying to fit a mighty oak in a flexible blade of grass box, and some of it's spilling over the edges, man. You're like, oh, I'm a throat. Okay, Jeff Bridges. I'm a throat. <laughs> Buddy. Anybody seen a kid? Right, we gotta wind this episode. We gotta wind this up. What are we at? How long? Uh, one hour, nineteen minutes. Yeah, we got it. Come on, people have lives. I have some bullet points here that could move us along. 
Guess how, uh, we could, be, we could also be done with this story. Let me give you a little quiz. Okay. How many North Korean refugees do you think are currently living in South Korea, Mark? Without looking at the doc. Okay. But there's four in this program? <laughs> I'm going to go with five. Close. 25,000. Really? Yeah. Oh, they're sneaking over. And not surprisingly so. Oh, that would be a great book for the book club. What book? Uh, Adam Johnson. Novel. Oh, it's about North Korea. It's an amazing piece of work. Go ahead. Orphan Master's Son, I think. Oh, that sounds uplifting. Um, no, it's very entertaining. The also Orphan harrow- Master? Harrowing. What the hell's an Orphan Master? You'll find out. Will I? Uh, not surprisingly, some former North Koreans hide their past. They're ashamed. So this kind of is outreach this is good. This is bringing them out of their little bee. Quiz is over. Neat, 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 neat. Uh, oh, maybe they're... Uh, I don't know if I can turn this other way into a quiz. <laughs> Adjusting from a country of extreme poverty and government control, control can take some work, Mark. Th- this is flat. We don't need this. We know this. Do we know this, Mark? Is yeah. it, is it th- a waste of time to reinstate that? Because there are limited support programs from the government, says <laughs> Sung Woo Cho, an Enactus member and third-year sociology student at Kangwon. Many social adjustment trainings don't support proper education for melding into South Korean society. <laughs> That's why... We started the beekeeping program because it's both work and social. The North Korean refugees community is very close. I have learned nothing that is going to stick other than there are four plus six saving bees. Does any of this stuff matter? Not really. Even if it was well written and beautifully elaborated. It was kind of a... Luckiest of peaches. It was was actually kind of an unsatisfying article in many ways. This outro music. It's coming soon. Um, what I would <laughs> no, we got to meet it. You don't want to move it, right? I'll move yeah. it a little bit. I'll keep talking. Yeah. What I would like to have seen in this article, though, is like, why not a little bit of discussion? Good. Let's give a, a little critique. bit of analogy between a community of bees oh. and these these melded communities. And why even if it's a stretch, I don't care. I like it. Up the word bounty, man. Good. F- there you go. Yeah. Take, between that, that's that's right in Lucky Peach's sweet spot. It is. See, yeah. Between that and the fucking chic reusable cup, I know how to innovate, Bagney. Do you know that I found... Why don't you pivot on this for a while, Bagney? One, two, three, four, four identified wasp nests. Oh, we're going back. Inside my fences, like the front and back posts that I found, and the one in the ground. So I got all of those. I got the spray, the 50-footer. Isn't that nice? That's pretty rough. <laughs> That's fucking just straight-up genocide. On they just drop bushes. and, like, writhe. Oof. Yeah. I think I'm out of control. I got, I got the upper hand right now. I got now. the taste for wasp blood. Come back for 78. I mean, 79. <laughs>